If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. Uh, welcome back to Four Blades uh, Still in a House, even though there's four of us, not six plus. We, we've decided to record this on Zoom rather than the local boozer. And I'm John, and I'm joined with uh, three of my good friends tonight, including Phil. Hello. Dan. Good evening, everybody. Ian. Hello. Um, and it doesn't seem like two minutes, but the season starts on Monday night. Well, Saturday, or it started last Saturday for Wednesday, and we've, we've made some signs. How long is it? How long actually is it, by the way? What since it's... Since, yeah. since Southampton. Yeah. A few weeks. About five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. And I think that sets the tone of, uh, of the rest of the podcast of a bit of... A bit of a shrug, maybe, I don't know. But we've made some signings. And on the whole, I think they've been quite positive. So, um, Phil, who's the pick of the bunch for them for you? Uh, as a keeper, I've got to say Ramsdale, haven't I? I think we needed to address that as a long-term as a long term thing. And I think we have. Is he going to be Dean Henderson? No. Is he going to be our long-term goalkeeper if he keeps progressing the way he has? Yeah. I think it's great business for the money we've spent on him. Um, take away from the fact we sold him for a million or whatever it was I'm excited to see Vogel I've heard loads about him but I've, if, in all honesty I've not seen any of them play so until I have I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold me hold me caught a little bit I guess Sound yeah I mean I agree with that well, I think we all said didn't we about Henderson we all actually predicted he'd come back but I think the main thing we said if he was to come back we didn't want the fuss and we wanted to get a, we wanted it wrapping up and in a way, the Ramsdale signing represents that happening, but obviously a different player. We, the decision was made, went and got the player in. Um, and, yeah. Um, it's, good I, to, it's good to see a keeper that's come in and he's immediately vocal. You know, you can hear him and it's obviously on the coverage of some of the pre-season games. He's, he's there, he can be heard, he's talking to his defence. And I'm not saying Henderson didn't do that, but... You, you want your, your keeper to bed in and, and form that relationship. And again, it's not that back line's been a little bit changed around with international break and international break before the season starts and, and obviously Jack's situation, if we assume what it is, being a bit of quarantine. Yeah, I've been quarantining, hasn't he? Quarantining. But, um, I don't think he would have been at the ground the other day watching in the stand if there was anything to worry about with Jack. I hope not anyway. Yeah. Um, I'd like I'd, I'd expect to see him on Monday. Looks fit as a fiddle, doesn't he? Um, but maybe it was just a bit too far from the um, the last friendly, the the yeah. one. Um, but I don't know about you. I've not watched loads of preseason yet. It's not like these signings have been involved. But out of the out of the players, Dan, is there anyone that stood out to you as somebody that you're looking forward to seeing? And yeah, I'm. I'm... I'm looking forward to seeing Ampadu, to be honest. I don't know, obviously. I'm assuming he won't just come straight into the side. I'm assuming he'll have to, to kind of work his way in or he'll be used as a as a rotation. But obviously, it's, I mean, he's a player that I think most people have at least been aware of for a couple of years. has been a, a good prospect at Chelsea. Um, he's what we need. He gives us cover in, in two or three different positions. Um, 
my hope is that obviously he does well this season and that the fact that Chelsea are now just splashing buckets of cash like they used to four or five years ago means that there's possibly less of a pathway into the first team for, for players like him. And he might look to, you know, it might be something we can do a, a permanent deal for at the end of the season because if they're spending 30, 40, 50, 60 million, you're going to have to be absolutely outstanding to break into that squad, aren't you? They absolutely love him. Chelsea fans absolutely yeah. love him. The little they've seen about him. I mean, I think you're right, Dan. If we can sign him, somehow sign him, even if it's on loan for another season, next season, if he performs the way that he's been muted to, then we've got a little player on his hands for a bit. Because yeah, the question is, where does he play? That, that's, he the, looks, that's the thing. He looks I, like I, a bit of a bastard as well, doesn't he? Which I've got a feeling. It, like from some of the little clips, I'm all for a bit of that. It's a bit of me, some of those, like, that revenge tackle for Wales is exactly what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, he's, he's he, like you said, Danny, he's, he feels like he's been around for two or three, he's, he's 19 still. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the scary yeah, thing. He's, and that, that might, I, I saw the my response to saying, you know, there might be a view to keeping him because they're going to be looking at, you know, established players coming in and, so you're right, some Chelsea fans were straight in there going, no, no, we, we want him back. You know, we see a future for him. But, you know, maybe maybe the 19 years of age might count against us in that respect because Chelsea might give him that bit longer. It might be another loan, like you say. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him as well. I think you could see him playing in the Basham, coming in for Basham. Basham played every game last season. We know he's fit as a fiddle. But actually, where, where we struggled was the ability to move and rotate. He could come into the midfield as well. Uh, I, I wonder if he's coming as a, like I said, to, to play this season, possibly as cover for Bash and possibly even cover for someone like Norwood. But I wonder if, if Tufty's got one eye on a, a kind of succession plan for Bash. Yeah. Because we've well, obviously we've said several times on it that needs to happen some stage. And the ideal situation would be bring a 19-year-old, let him learn the role for a season with the idea that if he, if he fulfills his potential, he comes back permanently or alone next season and kind of makes that makes that place his own maybe it's Frank's long term plan to switch to a 3-5-2 and he wants him getting playing that way under Wilder <laughs> well, you fair point Ian about him Norwood I mean listening to a lot of what Chelsea fans have said they seem to think he'll sit straight into the centre of our defence if yeah. not as a holding midfielder which I know, I know Norwood doesn't necessarily play as a holding midfielder because he does get forward as well. But, but he sits in that like he's a ball player. Yeah, yeah. In front of the back three, that's kind of where he sits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the most exciting thing about him is obviously not only how highly rated he is, um, but the fact that he's, for me, it's, he's played so many games at international level and you don't do that as a 19-year-old and, and not have something about you. And, and his versatility means that I think he will be, will be leaned on sooner than we probably think, actually, because am I right in thinking that the Burnley game is being played next week after Wolves? The League Cup game is in yeah. the midweek. So yeah. instantly yeah. there, we're going to have, from Monday to Saturday, we're going to have six games, uh, three games in six days. So, you know, these players are going to, Bogle, Lowe, etc., are going uh, to be involved really quickly as well. Not to mention, we don't really know how fit Baldock is and and things because he was obviously quarantining, but I think I think Ampadu is exciting, and I, th- I think all the signings there's a bit of intrigue about them. Oliver Burke today, before we've come on air, there was a bit of debate about that. I mean, his highlights package that the club put out today looks like an absolute bloody beast, but 
I'm very, as I've said off air, I'm very suspicious. Only Michael Aiton. Six foot four wingers and me don't have a great history. I mean, Glenn Little, um, I didn't particularly like him at United. I thought his under the cosh was hilarious. But like tall wingers and me don't sit too well. So we'll just see. But it is a genuine option. Ian, how do you feel about Burke? And what do you see him doing for United, if anything, over the next three years? Well, the three years bit surprises me. Um, I, I saw a comment from someone who uh, watched him for Alaves, who had to watch him for Alaves all through their skirt with relegation last season and said that he felt he was the kind of player that needed someone to put their arm around him. Just He's got the raw ability, he's got the pace. He just needs someone to nurture him and, and nurture him into a role. And they questioned whether United and United set up was the best way to do it. And you could say, well, that's good for that nurture aspect, potentially. And if it doesn't work, he'll move him on. But equally, you know, is, is, is this player who you see described as a winger, he's being played up front for Scotland, ends up with a worse rep with Scotland fans than Ollie McBurney, which I think takes some doing at the minute. Um, you know, is he, is he the right player in that role for us? Chris Wilder clearly thinks so, and I think we've just got to we've got to wait and see what Wilder does and how Wilder utilises him. Um, it's it it doesn't excite me. I have to admit that the fullbacks excite me more in that I think actually you know we know times last season Baldock and, and Ender could have done with the rest. We're probably a little bit off the boil. Could have probably actually done with feeling like someone was there challenging them for the place. Um, and I think Bogle certainly I've seen when I watched Derby. Uh, on Sky and just excites me. You know, I think he's got one of the best assist record in the in the championship last season. It wasn't um, last season, much... and it was over the last two. Bogle's yeah. case, he actually got a shed load, not last season, the season before. Uh, and... Ironically, under Lampard. Um, yeah. Something like 90 appearances in the championship at, I don't know how old he is, but he's 20, not very really old. 21? 20, 20, 21. Yeah. And I asked, the fullbacks, are, 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 like I said, they'll come in this season as cover and we'll, they'll swap in and out. But again, Fraser used before with, with um, Ampadu is succession planning. You know what I mean? Stevens is... 29? 30? Sure is. Yeah. So, and, and Low, I think, is, is Low the younger of the two? Well, the older, but he's still only 22. So again, he's got four or five years before he hits his prime. Bogle's slightly younger. So again, you're looking at possible long-term replacements for for Baldock and Stevens. So I think I think those two are a good business, especially when, as much as we thought Matty Cash might have been decent, Matty Cash for 15 million quid, or these two for I don't know what the figure is, eight, nine, ten, eleven, is a no-brainer for me. It was interesting. There's not much. I did, obviously, the um, Lowe's been on loan at Aberdeen for a couple of seasons. So I got got in touch with my uh, an ex colleague who uh, is an Aberdeen season ticket holder and just dropped him a line and said, you know, what's he like? What's your opinion of him? And he said it was a, an interesting interesting move because he said he was probably their best left back they've had for the last twenty years. Now, obviously, I can't do comparisons there, but that's someone who's watched twenty years of Prem, Scottish Premier League football. That's the best left back in his team. Um, he didn't realise he'd had a strong enough season to warrant a move to a Premier League team. He, he described him as calm on the ball, gets forward with it well, pacey and physically strong. And he'd love him to do well because he's one of those low knees who gave everything when he played for them. As he put, unlike James Madison, whoever looked funny, I didn't realise he'd been on loan to everything, but only did it in flashes. But yeah, 
Um, so it was a, it's a positive. I mean, it's like I say, probably questioning, can he make that step up? But again, this is what, like you say, Wilder does. He, he sees this opportunity to take someone into this structure and, and really develop them, you know, and have a, have a, you know, view beyond this, this next period, you know, who would have bet Brian would still be here. The fact we got Rodwell back as well means, you know, he's thinking about having the yeah. depth of cover. I think I've said this the other day about the Rodwell League signing and Jagielka and stuff. Obviously, it is the depth of cover, but not only is this, was the squad borderline paper thin, you only have to look at the squads that were put out in some of the friendlies to see that, despite injuries, internationals or whatever. He's, he, Jack Rodwell was trained at Man City, at Everton. At, like, he's, he's, he's trained at top clubs. He's trained with top pros. Just professionalizes the whole thing. It, 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 it's at that elite level he will have worked. I'm not saying Jack Rodwell is a player on the level of Man City and Everton, but he once was. Okay, and and I just feel like that has a lot to do with it as well. And also, he's he, knowing what's going on. And I think we have to with with because I saw some like quite bad reactions to Rodwell resign. It's sort of like. We can't say in Wilder we trust in one breath, but because it's a player that's not trendy or we like, that we suddenly start questioning his decision-making. Rodwell, he'll, he'll be a, a, a drop in the ocean of our budget to keep him around the place. And I just he's, he's an experienced Premier League player, even if he's not done that in the Premier League for such a long time. In terms we don't need to pay him very much, do we? Because he's still getting 70 grand a week off Sunderland, isn't he? Exactly. He's got more money than best at squad coming into his bank account. He's our highest earner, but we don't actually pay him any of it. Um, in terms of gaps that we've still got <laughs> in the in the, in the the team... Or... Can, I, can I just address... Yep. Oh. Go on, John. Go on. I, I, it went the the camera Still went funny. Sorry, you froze. I'm back. Uh, it, it, have we got any gaps in the side? Any any areas we would have liked to have seen a bit more quality coming? I mean, who's to say? Who's to say it might not happen? Still, but is there anyone where they might? Oh, he suggests there's still one more to be done, doesn't he? Yeah. It looks like there's still one more to come in. Um, and hinted it's a striker. Which, yeah. is, which, is, which is the obvious gap. And this is where I, I noticed someone made an interesting point about the the um, Robinson stroke Burke deal today. It could be that the fee that we've got for, for Robinson, because we've got money for him as well as getting Burke, yeah. could be contributing towards strengthening the squad elsewhere, yeah. which is a different angle and a different spin on, on what on, on the surface seems a bit of an odd deal. And and if, if that is the case, it's it's quite smart in a way that Wilder's kind of using it in that way, using the budget effectively that way, I guess. And you've got to think about the budget we're working with. I mean, I saw something tonight with obviously the the government announcements today and the impact, likely impact on sport and attendances. Premier League teams could lose 700 million quid this year. Impact of all this. So, it, you know, United have got to be adjusting and we perhaps have to adjust our thinking. You know, Berg, when we signed Berger, we thought, poof, this is a, we're stepping, we're moving into a different league of payment. But actually, we're going to have to, he's going to have to wheel and deal a little bit more. Um, and, we, you know, actually, if that secures the future of the club when I think like Villa. Is West Ham. Yeah. Look at the state West Ham are in. They're having to sell players they don't want to sell to bring in other players because the squad's so imbalanced and the money's not coming in anymore. 
the thing is, as, as well as we did last season, we're not yet an established Premier League side. So job one this season will still be 40 points, avoid relegation, stay up. So we're still not at the stage. You know, if we if the worst happened and we went down next season, I don't see looking at any of our squad that would be that we would look kind of unbelievably imbalanced and we've got players on 60, 70, 80 grand a week in the championship, which would which would cripple us for, for 10, 15 years. Whereas you look at someone like Villa, and we all said, I think at one stage or another, you know, um, Watkins would be a great signing. But for 33 million, and I'm guessing 70 grand a week at Villa, if, if Villa do go down next season, which is not beyond the realms of possibility, they're in bother. With, with the players they've bought over the last two seasons and the wages they'll be throwing out, they are in bother. So... The, the villagers with life spending 20 40 million on players, not at the risk of mortgaging the club. No, and in, in terms of the recruitment that we've done, I think a lot of it, I mean, we didn't really think about the, the left back and the right back from Derby until until they happened. And Purdue came out of nowhere. And I really hope with the striker that we've actually made, and I, I back Wilder to do this because obviously we're in the conversation for Brewster, but. I would like to see us go for something a little bit more proven in left field. And what I'd like to see us do is use the final loan and use the money to pay Troy Deeney's wages and something just for a year. I genuinely would love to see us try to make that happen. Because Troy Deeney in our side has scored 10 goals. And he fits everything about what we do. I, I genuinely... The fact that no one else is in for him, or on the surface no one is, is, is bonkers. He's good enough to start for us. He's good enough to start for a lot of clubs. I'd really love to see that happen. I don't know what you three think of that. Or I'm not saying we're going into too much speculation about who we should get as a striker. But I, I do think we might. To me, I feel we need some pace. And, and some youthful pace. Oh, it's great. Pace is great. It's got to be. It's got to be combined with some, you know, yeah. ability on the ball. But I think that that's the injection of. If we're talking about gaps and the striker is a gap, I think I, I agree. I like Deeney as a player. I, I think he would fit in. But I, is is that the priority for me? Probably not. It's a different kind of striker. But that's just my take. I mean, obviously, we, we keep hearing about Brewster. And at one point, it was loan, and then there was talk that Liverpool would be willing to let him go. But, and then it obviously cover themselves with a with a buyback clause. I don't know. You still you're still buying. You're not buying proven, are you? You're buying potential, and you're buying high. You know, someone who's yeah. very highly rated. I suppose in our situation, we can't. You know, proven Premier League comes at a, a really really exorbitant cost at that age range. Hmm. And, and and I kind of think that's that's the point, isn't it, John? And I, I tend to agree with you. I've, I've got to be honest. I'm not a big fan of Troy Deeney, but proven Premier League striker that's played there for a long time, scored goals for a long time, not going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, it kind of feels a bit of a no-brainer. He's got the right attitude. He's got that kind of work ethic. He's got that kind of you know he strikes as a sort that would roll his sleeves up and dig in for us. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I said at the back end of last season, if he was going and available, I think you know he could do a job for us for a, a season or two. And I, I get the pace uh, thing in, and but I do think Burke provides that, and also yeah. we've got Moose, and he, for me, it's the upgrade, and it's it's sort of like the it's not the nice one to say, but he's like twice the player Billy Sharp is at Premier League level, and and and, and could do that leading role. 
that sort of leading from the front. McBurney and Deeney, the way we play as well, with getting the ball in wide areas, means every delivery in the box could cause a multitude of issues. Both are decent with the feet and both are decent in the air. In the air I think it's well. more of a handful than Sharp. I think that's the difference. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Sharp, you know he's Johnny on the spot and if he gets a chance in the box, he'll score. Hmm. Whereas Deeney's an handful. It'll cause you problems. He's going to bully centre-halves all over him. He's, he's yeah. going to bully centre off. But that's um, that's sort of like that's how I would like to see us use the money. I think yeah. that's left. I think not necessarily even if it's not Deeney could do a similar on the Tifo football podcast. Um, they talked about if it was if, if it doesn't look so it looks like he's going to Leicester. But they talked about how it'd be really interesting to use our budget carefully to try and get David Brooks back and play him off McBurney. And they were saying, if, if Wilder Wild obviously has a working relationship with him, Brooks playing off McBurney could be a really interesting ball too. But um, I think... What's I, on I, about going to Leicester? I've not seen that. Yeah, it was today that apparently... Which I don't really understand when they've got Gray, Barnes, Albrighton... He's a very similar player to Barnes, isn't he? That's surprising. Very similar. Yeah, I, I've not seen that. I'd seen Link, I'd seen Manu and I think I'd seen Spurs were the, the two I'd seen most recently for him but I mean he, he's he, when he burst into the Premier League he was one of them always going to make the next move again and I mean David Brooks he's clearly got some fitness injury issues due to being ill and but before that and I think that's one of the reasons Man City released him and maybe it is a case of a manager getting him and doing the whole Harry Redknapp with Ledley King thing and giving him his own training programme just to keep him fit because he's just got bags of natural ability. But I, I'd like to see us use the budget to go for something proven rather than as good as... Don't get me wrong, if we sign Ryan Brewster for £20 million on a five-year contract, I'm sure we'll grow into be a very good player of Sheffield United. And whoever does that deal, if it's available, I think eventually it'll prove to be good. But I think where... The area where desperate fours goals and the way to get more is to safeguard yourself by going with a loan for a proven player. And that's, yeah. I can't disagree. Either way, and and Wilder's alluded to it, hasn't he, tonight, that we have got potentially another player coming in before the weekend. He's got to be a forward. He won't be anywhere. It won't be anywhere else on the pitch. I can't see it being any. I can't see it being any other position. Even if, even if it it doesn't happen this week and we don't bring anybody in we go into Wolves on Monday a stronger squad than what we were away at Southampton five weeks ago and, and that's the thing I was when when, when we made this, the kind of rough designs at the beginning of this beginning of this week I was a bit like well we've, we've not strengthened the first 11 realistically the first 11 is not going to be any stronger going into the beginning of next season than it was finishing the squad as a whole will be Yeah, but then the more I thought about it, because of because we've run such a truncated pre-season, if you brought three, four first-teamers in, you've got such a short space of time to bed them in that it could prove counterproductive. Whereas now you're bringing a, you're bringing squad players in. The first eleven all know the first eleven all know the jobs. They all know the roles. They all know the guy they're playing alongside. So you're not trying to bed players in in a short space of time. So this might actually work better strengthening the the squad yeah, I don't than the first eleven. Great. Especially with us being so unique in the way that we play. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen that before, haven't we? You know, players coming in, some work out, 
some don't, and that's going to be the case. You saw it with Berger, didn't you? In, in January, he came in with a with a big reputation and, and, and a fanfare, and it took him a while to adjust to the to the system and and, and the game itself. So, um, but overall, we're we're happy with the signings we've made. But like all football fans, we could always do with a couple more, can't we, boys? Always, always. Yeah, not sure Wildwood say the same. <laughs> trainers Joe what these no mate I've had them for years just got them back from being clean look really good don't they yeah really is that a thing honestly they look new mate they look class yeah it's a thing really reasonable too Adam Dunn at this place called Glistening Kicks they're in Sheffield fellas are blade too oh nice one that saves buying new ones doesn't it how do I find them I've got a few pairs need looking at myself absolutely save, save me someone who's got a bit of a trader for headship an absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. Go on Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks. Or they have a website www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them round yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel and smell like new and it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look out for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their industry again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Nice one. All the blades. Welcome back to uh, part two, and and just for this uh, brief section, I just thought it's worth us just sharing our views on the approach of a new season. Obviously, we kick off on Saturday with with uh, two and a half two and a half days away from the Premier League starting. We don't start till the Monday, and normally at this stage, I'd be you know there'd be a bit of a buzz, a bit of adrenaline. We've just talked about the signings, which is great, and gets us really excited. But again, we're going into a a series of matches where we don't know when we're going back to the lane. We don't know when we'll meet in the pub in the chief for a chief view for a pint and a, a chat pre-match, and when we'll have that conversation at the back of the cop at half time and you know pull it apart or just reveling what we've just seen. And it, it's a it's a really weird feeling, and I, I I'm I'm looking forward to watching football. I'm looking forward to watching United. But it's just not the same, and and I don't know what anyone else is feeling at the minute. To me, at the minute, football and my enjoyment of football—the only way I can describe it is it's got a large asterisk at the side of it. So yeah. it's like, yes, it's what it should be, but there's a little asterisk at the side that says not quite what it should be, and that's the, that's the best way I can describe it. Like you said, I'm excited. I'm always excited about new signings. I'm excited excited about the start of the season. Even non-United related, I'm looking forward to match of the day and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not quite what it should be, and that's the that's the only way I can I can describe it. It's football, but it's not. I think, yeah, I think that's perfectly summed up as well. It, it is exactly that. Uh, for me, the fact I didn't even realise the season started this weekend sums it up. I didn't realise it was that soon. 
Yeah. I've only I, I did my fantasy league team on Monday. I forgot about it completely. I've not looked at Super Six. The fact that yeah, all right, getting a bit excited about United signing players. I didn't watch England. I watched either of the two England games. Um, I've, just, I've got no interest. <laughs> I've got no interest. <laughs> I heard. I've just got no interest, and that's sad. that's really sad because usually by now I'd be. Climbing up the walls, trying to get to Bramall Lane, knowing that it's a game on Saturday for the first game of the season. It kind of that first game of the season always kind of makes my heart race as you're walking up the steps to get to the cop, and not, knowing that's not going to be there is just bringing your season ticket still works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five, five to three, and he's not working. You're off around to the ticket office queue. Yeah, we're not missing out. Just, it's just crap. I think it it, it kind of, it's a microcosm of how I feel about social events in general at the moment. It's just crap. Yeah, it's 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 really, 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 really bothering me how unarsed I am about it. Um, even by the four four two season preview is not as good as normal because they put it in the actual bloody magazine now. Like, when, Saturday it, co- when Saturday comes, one is, but I'm only saying that because I contributed the United. You bit. did. I couldn't get Quick it. Club. To the <laughs> the shameless self promotion never hurt anyone, did it? Exactly. <laughs> it's within. It's within the magazine. It's not a separate supplement either, John. I have to say, but, but it's, it's, worth, it's, the, worth it's, the, it's the decline of football. Even we've not even got the season supplements. Yeah, uh, it's <clears throat> it, it's such a strange feeling. I feel that the idea that the season starts without having a season ticket, which is yeah. very weird. Like in itself, um, in terms of United, now we've got a few players in. Yeah, of course, I'm looking forward to watching them. I think there's been some really exciting players have actually come to play in England this season. I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I think Chelsea have bought incredibly well. Shame the manager's dog shit. I can't wait to see uh, Ahmed Rodriguez what he can do in the Premier League. And I think it's there's lots of exciting things around football, and you know. Liverpool have looked a bit shaky and stuff like that. But the real enjoyment for me with football is I like looking at it like, you know, the bigger the bigger picture, if you will, the other teams. But it's that being immersed in my own club, going home and away, talking to you guys about it, all the WhatsApp groups going wild in the run-up to the first game, predicting the team, where we're going to finish, oh, we should sign him. And there's not even that level of enthusiasm Um when we spoke about the signings then, we weren't talking in a way which we'd normally would. Like last season, I think, with all the signings, we had about a half an hour section on everyone we'd brought in. And I think it's quite telling. And it's it's not even as good as going out. Like going out for a beer is crap. You have to phone up and you have to book and you have to sit there and there's some stupid plastic on the bar and it's all just a horrible experience. And you go in the toilet and the urinals are taped up and it's for people's safety and I respect that. It's my choice to go to a pub. That's not even as good as normal. We haven't even got that slight version of the experience when it comes to football. No. We're so detached from the physical activity of going to the match that it means that your excitement and the general emotions, like Phil talks about the feelings, the sight, you did it, the smells, that sort of, you know, us four being in the pub, we had friends and his family all sat around and just like generally excited talking, put, having a few... There's none of that. We're completely detached from that, and it's rubbish. It's the detachment, and it's like you say, it's those bits, but it's it's the other bits as well. It's like for me, the moment when Egan scored against Wolves, I jumped up off my sofa into the air, had a kind of moment of sort of self awareness, and kind of just slumped back down on the sofa again. I was yeah. delighted, 
But ultimately, I would Fucking be jumping. Ellie, I didn't. I was jumping around my front room for five minutes. <laughs> but but I, yeah, I was bay window, and neighbour people coming past. I was a bit anyway. But normally, I'd be up. I'd be. He lives with a nice postcode, Ian. So he obviously has to keep up appearances with the neighbours. <laughs> Hyacinth bouquet, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's bucket. Um, it's bucket. No. <laughs> I um, I. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't got that moment where I can jump up and I'm turning to my dad and dragging my dad up out of his seat to, and looking at it. And, the, and I, I wrote about the joy in my dad's face when we score. It's, you know, he, he actually, he, he likes, you know, 77 year old, his face lights up and everything about it. And it's just, fan, it's a fantastic moment you share. I miss, I miss, it, miss the people who sit on, sit on my row or I chat to. I don't know half the names. And uh, you know we've just sat there for a long time. And you just but you have a you have a conversation about the match. It's, it's yeah. all part of that experience, and it is just a sense of detachment that uh, I want us to do well. I want us to have a great season, but not being Im- immersed in it just leaves me feeling really cold at times. Well, I'm going to draw a line under this because I'm getting depressed. So we need to. Yeah, I've just started. Just wiping a tear away, actually. <laughs> I miss the sheep you so much. Feel like pure shit. Just want football back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we we can all hope, and we don't know where where and when we'll get back. But I think the main thing is we keep this pod for us is our way of keeping that contact, keeping the discussion, hoping keeping that enthusiasm going when times are hard, and hopefully people this section aside will enjoy listening to it. So and yeah, uh, and we'll try not to have too many of these throughout the season. A little little warning on before this particular section, just saying if you're uh, if you feel you know if you're not feeling of uh, in great nick, then possibly don't 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 listen to this bit. So welcome back, uh, hopefully slightly more cheery uh, section now. We're going to look forward to the season in a bit more of a positive light and have a bit of a think about what we're going to do as a, as a side this season. It's uh, the fact that the fact that we did so well last year and we've got something to build upon is quite exciting in that regard. So let's have a think about where we're likely to finish, who's likely to shine and, and what we're going to do this season. So to talk about first player of the season, who do we think is going to be the, the player of the year for United this season? I'll go to you first, Dan. I think player of the season this coming season will be Sander Berger. Um, just from how he finished the season, um, obviously what a good player he is. Uh, I just I get the and he'll be more settled now. He'll settle into whatever role that that, that Tufty decides for him. Um, and I said for a while, but once he found his stride last season, I think either January this season or come the end of the season, I think we might be fending off some rather sizable bids from, from from some very big clubs. Um, I was trying to explain this to my brother-in-law on Saturday, who's a pig fan and who claimed to have never heard of him. Yeah, of course you fucking haven't, mate. <laughs> he kind of went, Sander, who? No, I don't, I don't know him. No, of course you fucking don't. Now, um, David Lee's back from injury next week, and if yeah, he's exactly. fit, he is the championship Iniesta. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think it'll be... I think, I think there'll, there'll be players that are running close. I think Egan will probably run him close again. 
uh, and and one of the midfielders, by the Fleck or Norwood. But I just get the feeling that he he really will come of age this season, and we'll have a we'll have a real player on his hands. Yeah, I think uh, I think we might see a theme here. What, what about yourself, Ian? Um, I think Berger would be up there, but I think he's had a disruptive pre-season. But this is the season for Jack O'Connell to shine. You know, there's going to be a lot of focus on the on the defence. Um, we had that strong defensive record last season. We need that defence to be strong. We need that defence to have learned from that first season and take that next step in their careers. For Egan and and and. Uh, O'Connell in particular you know Basham that's slightly older and you've got someone like Ampadu probably coming in and putting some pressure on his position potentially as well but for me this everything we've talked about Jack O'Connell and that chance with England you know does Southgate move to 3-5-2 longer term possibly not but actually if he is and we're going to play with some left-sided players in that in that lineup, Jack O'Connell is prime position to move in towards that England squad and I think for me, this is this is this is his chance this season. And I'm, I'm fingers crossed. You know, I think someone like Berg, Sander Berg, will be could be outstanding for us. But I'm hoping it's it's Jack O'Connell at the end of it. I think if Jack O'Connell's our Player of the Year, we'll be safe this season. If that's and that's a, and, and we said before, yeah, that's, that's number one objective. That defense has got to be. You know, yes, we need goals. Yes, we need more goals. But ultimately. We need more goals. If that defence gets worse, we need even more goals than, than we yeah, have. Yeah. So, to me, it, the, the mainstay of getting it right this season is getting that defence. And we, obviously, at times in that post-lockdown post stretch of the season, defence looked a bit ragged. We've got the backup this season. We've got the ability to have better cover. But Jack O'Connell is, is key to that. It's alongside Egan, probably, for me. That is. Good call. Well put forward as well, John. Um... <laughs> I'm stuck on this one. This is one. Now, I'd like either of these to get it, and they're, they're a bit different. And I think, well, I agree with both both suggestions so far, but I think it's important to put forward different ones. Uh, the first one is I'd love Ollie, Ollie McBurney to give us 10 to 15 of those Spurs performances with a few other good ones, and maybe even a few more better ones thrown in. And if he does that, he'll be our player of the season because I just think he's he shows in flashes everything that I personally think he is as a, a striker for United and what he can do. If he starts scoring a bit more, the fans will grow to love him even more than they already do. Uh, and I, I just think McBurney, um, McBurney has the potential. And we still remember how young McBurney is. He's had the first season in the Premier League and I really believe with the right service, um, especially like the way we, 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 we saw last last season, if you get the ball into him in and around the six-yard box, both feet, head, he can get it on target. Uh, another one I'd like to see, and I think if he has a really good start and the defence does perform well, I'd love it if Aaron Ramsdale in his first season for United had a fantastic season. I don't expect 13 clean sheets like Ender, 13 Anderson got. If he was to get like between 8 or 10 eight or ten clean sheets, first season, United's number one, academy product coming back, I'd like that. So mine are more hopeful, but I would be absolutely made up if if one of those at either end of the pitch were able to do it. But I do strongly agree with what Dan said and what Ian said as well. But I think Ramsdale or McBurney is sort of my, go on, man, do us proud, sort of like player of the season sort of shouts. 
Bernie was in my mind for that exact reason that you know if he does it I don't I'm not I'm not in my head I'm not sure he'll do it but if he does do it yeah absolutely we, we he's got the capability I think um, I think for me so who do I think will get player of the year I think Dan's got it spawn I think Berger will I think Berger's our technically most gifted player and I think he'll prove it this season I think he'll go on to show what we think he is and why we paid the money that we did but you touched on it there, John. Any team that's um, outside of the real top, top echelons of the Premier League need to have a good goalkeeper behind them. And United, whenever they've been at the top level that I've watched them, the goalkeepers have always stood out. Whether that was Simon Tracy, whether it was Alan Kelly, whether it was Paddy Kenny for the season that we were there, had a really good season, Dean Henderson last year. Keepers always stand up and look good at that level. And I think, oh, I think Rams... <laughs> Phil Kai. That was in the Premier League, that was it. <laughs> Graham Benstead. No, um, um, I, I just I think Ramsdale will I think Ramsdale was Bournemouth player of the year in a season in a team that got relegated and I think he'll be a better goalkeeper for us behind a better defence next season. So I'd I'd like to think he's up there for a shout as well, but Sanderberger I think will, will be player of the year for me. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't think. So, um, on that then, so we've talked about who would be the player of the year. What about top goal scorer this season? I know, you, based on what you've just said there, John, I reckon you've probably got a shout for that already, but anybody got any other suggestions? Moose, next question. <laughs> As if anybody needed to know what Dan were going to say there. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I hope he is because if Moose gets in the right place in the right, vein, you know, maintains a vein of form, he, he's he's into double figures comfortably. Considering but, what, what what did he finish the season on last season? Six, seven, six or seven, six or seven in a stop-start season for him, kind of in and out, injury problems, personal problems. So if he, you know, if he does get his shit together and have a bit of a run of form, there's no reason why he couldn't double that. And if if he gets 12 next season, that puts us in a... Combined with, with Ian's desire for Jack O'Connell to, to be player of the season, if Bruce gets 12, that puts us in a that puts us in a very healthy position, I think. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think w- what one thing I would say is if our top goal scorer has got six or seven, like our top goal scorer did this season... We could be in a spot of bother. We Our need, defense needs to be as yeah. good, if not better, than it was last season. Absolutely, we need somebody to be scoring 10, 12 goals at least. At yeah. least. Like that's what think, my, my prediction on this. I hope that Bernie's the one to do it. Don't mind who it is. Hope if we bring in someone in. But what I'd like to see happen, I'd like someone to score fifteen goals this year for United in the Premier League. Massive ask. Chris Wood does it for Burnley. Cal, uh, I'm not sure how many Calvert Lewin got actually in the end, but seventh to fourteen, that gap that we're looking at, that's that's the the aspirational target we need to be looking to hit. That's potentially that's potentially eight to ten points more a season, isn't it? Looking Newcastle, Newcastle have potentially just added a fifteen goal a season striker to their to their ranks, haven't they? With with Wilson. And that will probably that will probably, that will that will possibly be the difference between them struggling next season and finishing twelfth, thirteenth, eleventh. They'll have six points off us again, won't they? The bastards as well. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be down again. That's my, my job. Window, they? they have had a great transfer yeah, window. They have, yeah. 
I'd like to think whoever the forward we bring in, and we don't know who it's going to be yet, but I'd like That's to think that, that brings goals as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we're talking, we could be in for a right season here, you know. Moose gets 12 and McBurney gets 12 and new player gets, I don't know, 10. Brewster comes in and gets 15. <laughs> we, could be, we could win it here. As well, like we need, we need to help as well that the goals we, I think we need to pick up more goals from set pieces and stuff. Because I don't think we're bad at set pieces. The ball just don't go in. O'Connell is always connecting, and so is Egan on corners and stuff. And if you can think back, Bash missed about four last season, which yeah, a lot yeah. of yeah. chances with some of them. Like Berger's not exactly short, so you know you'd expect him to chip in with a few from midfield. He's he's a big lad as well. He jumps like um, that. I mean, surely the law. Surely the the law of averages says that McGoldrick can't miss as many chances next season as he does this. No, as he did last. I know. I know he was unlucky, but he did miss some some good yeah. chances. So I'm not sure McGoldrick will play as much this season. I know how important to his in the way that we play. No, I, I just think maybe as the season goes on, I think we'll see less and less of him. I hope not, because I think he's, he's a joy to watch, but. Um, so actually, that kind of leads on to the kind of next nomination surprise of the season. Who do you think is going to be the one player that we don't expect, like Lundstrom this season? I guess who's going to be the one for this year? I'll go first. I, I I think Bogle will come into the side over the course of the season. I do. And it too. might not seem a surprise given we signed him. We signed him for a good reason, but I think he's he's one of the ones who could come in and solidify his place in the team and be a key part of how we play. I'm I'm going to go the opposite flank to Ian, and I think that Lowe could work his way into the into the team reasonably, possibly quicker than we thought. Stevens obviously back in the last season, and, and especially coming out of lockdown, he had a bit of a wobble. He had no competition for his place. You know, if we've got a young, hungry, quick, skillful left back as as Ian's mate in Aberdeen um, says we have, then he could possibly be one that comes in and, and usurps Stevens earlier than people think maybe or maybe earlier than was expected John's itching to say something go on I just think he's quite I'm doing it I'm going to it's going to finally be and it's it's not a nasty it's, it's not a nice one this one but it's going to be finally the, it's going to be finally the demise of Bash this year I I'll be not, surprised that way okay I do not want Chris Basham to turn into Simon Francis or Steve Cook or any of these Bournemouth players who did really well and they came up through the leagues with them and all this. I expect Bash to be involved, but I'll be honest, although he might be Mr Sheffield United in many ways, I'd like to see a 19-year-old, very technically gifted Ethan Ampadu doing the Basham thing with a better range of passing and a bit more quality on the overlap. So you've gone for a, a negative surprise as opposed to a positive surprise. In and I, just, I just think, I just think you I'm to do, I, I just think Bash might, I don't know. You're, so lashing, I, you're lashing Bash to an iceberg and sending him out into the, sending him out into the ocean. I, 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 I just think there's potential for it to just be one too many seasons. So, so I'm, going, I'm going down the same route as you, John. I'm going down the same route as you. Go on, Ian, sorry. Well, see, this is the evolution point, though, isn't it? You know, Coots came on the journey, replaced, enhanced, bye-bye. Duffy came on the journey, bye-bye. You know, we came on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it's that, that kind of thing, isn't it? As we've moved on, it, 
naturally there will come a point where there is a younger, better alternative that we can utilise in time. And, and and on that point, my surprise for the season is Billy Sharp won't score a goal. I don't think he'll play very much is, at is all. That, if you know, being a bastard, is that much of a surprise? Really? Would that be much of a surprise? He's, yeah, the fact that Billy Sharp probably scored a goal in every one of the last however many seasons in that regard I'd say it's a surprise I think the fact's I don't think he'll play many times I think that's no. all the point Pile on Monday minute Monday night last goal score Sharp Pile on <laughs> <laughs> Hang on I'm on to Skybet now <laughs> And if he does I'll be very very happy I'll be very, very happy. I don't want Bash to fail either, Phil, and that's the thing. I just feel like I, I don't want to see the... De- I'm glad that there's a player there to put the pressure on. I don't want to see the demise and start worrying about it. I want them to, you know... And that's what's happened at Bournemouth with those players, like Steve Cook and Simon Francis will go down some Bournemouth's greatest ever players, as will Bash for us for various reasons. He's a modern-day cult hero. He's the only... He's a proper definition of a cult hero. I just feel like it's a, just a bridge too far. And to say that about statistically one of the best defenders in the league last season, for me, it is a bit bullshit, but I just feel... Uh, on, on that uh, Billy Sharp last goal scorer Monday night, is anyone going to have anything on Chris Basham for player of the year two season? <laughs> in a double. Yeah. I feel you've got to go out there with you. You've got to go out there with the predictions. and, what, and, and what, drop what, a big what you're saying, John, is you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become Steve Cook. <laughs> Who's actually only about 29, by the way. Okay, so... me, Christ. <laughs> final prediction then. Big one. Where are we going to finish? Ninth last season. Last four seasons has been progression every year, Ian. You shared a stat earlier, didn't you? Yeah. So on, on average means we're going to finish third, I think it is, this season. Yeah, so we went from, was it uh, first, then il- uh, 11, I can't remember which way around it was, but it was 11th, 10th, then first. 11th to first, weren't it? Yeah, then 10th to uh, second, and then ninth. we always placed ninth, then ninth come third. So, <sighs> I... I said, I think when I, I think when I submitted it for when Saturday comes, I had to put a league table together for you know with every team listed where I thought they'd finish, and I had us twelfth. And then that was de- that was kind of dependent on activity, transfer activity, and and how things you know at that stage it was hard to predict. If we're t- somewhere between twelfth and fourteenth, I'd happily take that. That's exactly what I had. I, I had us down for twelfth, or I, I've got us down for twelfth. Sorry. I, I think teams like Everton will be stronger. Arsenal will... I don't think Arsenal is still that good, but I think they'll be better for, for last season. And when you've still got players like Aubameyang and you've got Saka coming through... And, I actually think Arsenal will be excellent, but that's yeah. a story. That's a discussion yeah. for like the pub if we're ever allowed to go back to the sheath. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the teams that will come through and above us, but I don't see many of the teams Newcastle will, should... should with the signings they made, have a better season. But you know, equally, if we get that striker signing right, then I'm 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 feeling more comfortable. Above Leeds. That's Champions League then, according to, uh, to national press. I mean, 
let's not get into that because that's a pot of it. So I think I think the striker signing is is a big part of this, uh, and I also think if we can hit the ground running and get some points on the board in the next month, I think we can really optimistically look to get look to push for the top ten again. However, I just feel unfortunately that we probably just haven't got that quality that more sides have this season, such as, as you've talked, like Everton, Rodriguez, Decore and Allen is a Champions League level midfield. Yeah. Now Decore has just been relegated with Watford, but he was 60, 70 million pound transfer to PSG on cards of the year. Rodriguez has played at most top clubs in Europe. You could say that, you don't think Alan's played like 200 games for Napoli? Like, they know more. Best, their best bit of business was bringing Carlo Ancelotti in. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, um, uh, Decore's basically said he's the only reason he signed for Everton. And, yeah. and I think they're, they're going to be a, I'm not so sure they'll be a Champions League force to be reckoned with, but I think they'll be pushing for Europe at least next season. They, well, what they've done, they've done an Everton and they've brought in some quality players, but the difference this time, unlike your Martinez's and your Koeman's, they've got a real deal. They've got a genuine, like, everyone, like, if somebody doesn't like Carlo Ancelotti, it's a red flag that they're a bit weird. Like, he, he's won, won everything, right? He's respected, and he's even somebody who's been a Chelsea manager and people still got time of day for. I think I think the point you made there about getting points on the board for me, the start of this season is going to be more of a lottery than ever. You know, it's we talked beforehand about you know some of the games at the weekend in the League Cup were like training games, pre-season friendlies. Teams are still getting up to speed. Many teams have missed players because of these international uh, matches that we've had. Um, teams have lost players due to COVID and positive tests. It's been a really disrupted short period. And I think there's a chance where some results, some teams might benefit from that, might might catch Liverpool or City and Man U when they eventually start the season on, a, on a, an off day, early doors. I mean, that's always the chance of that anyway, but I think it's enhanced this season. So I think with the run of early fixtures we've got, this we've got to make, really make, make the most of what on paper some of our better fixtures this season. I'm not saying Wolves at home is, but certainly, you know, Leeds, if you're going to play Leeds, Villa, you know, they're the sides that are either coming up or we're down there last season. The thing is, well, well yeah, I mean, obviously we can go on to Wolves uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes when we do the preview, but you're right. I think it's a chance to catch some teams on the hop. I mean, yeah, I can agree. I agree. That's assuming that put on the hop. And I think we're all in about in line with where we think we're going to finish there, which is, I think, quite telling. I, I just think, I think it will be, we'll be a lot closer to, um, I think we'll stay up, but I think we'll be a lot closer to going down than what we were this season. I think it'll go a lot longer into the season before we can breathe and realise that we're safe. I think the fact that we're not going to be there to, 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 to push them on is going to be a difficulty when the going gets tough during the season and I think we'll we said we'd have a bad run last season and we didn't really apart from maybe a couple of games here and there towards the end I do think we'll have a sticky spot this year and we just need to get through that makes even more of light of the fact that we've got to take advantage early on we've got to yeah absolutely that felt like a negative end to that a little bit but I think let's be honest 
if you'd have said we'd be up in for a second season in the Premier League and finishing 12th, we'd have been delighted with that <laughs> a year ago. Welcome back everybody to part four uh, and in this part we're going to try our best to predict the Wolves game uh, which is obviously on the, the coming Monday or yesterday if you're listening next Tuesday. Um, <laughs> so obviously this is a bit of a, a bit of a best guess, a bit of a finger in the air because we've got nothing to really go by but um, thoughts chaps on uh, on Wolves, how we might do and uh, who might shine and who might, uh, who might come out on top. John, for me, I think this is a. If this game was in a month, I think it'd be twice, three times more difficult. Yeah. The what we've got ahead of again, um, what we've got over Wolves on um, on Monday is a squad by and large which has been training together this week. Their squad has been all over the shop. They are littered with international players. Okay, it's fair enough. Half of them have gone to play for Portugal and come back from Portugal together, probably along with the manager, the chairman and everyone else involved. But I also think these, um, they've lost, arguably, one of the best players in Doherty as well. Um, and that squad played a stupid amount of games last season with a, and it was relatively small yeah they bought this Fabio Silva who's incredibly highly rated and Jimenez Traore fantastic I just feel like it's a good time to play Wolves bit of transition they're going to be leggy from last year international players coming back and I think it's an opportunity to start with a win if we get it right and we'll have to be at his best still don't get me wrong but I think for the reasons I've just said we could be we should be confident about getting something on Monday. I mean, they only finished their Europa League campaign four weeks ago, so our season finished five weeks ago. They had, and they had obviously an extra game on top when they lost in the was it the quarters or the semis they got to? Uh, it's a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. They lose to Sevilla, semi-final. Yeah, yeah was it semi? Right. Okay. So again, so their their season only finished four weeks ago, and like you said, they've had players off on on international duty, so. You know, we might be a touch leggy. They, in theory, should be more leggy than we are. I think I read that um, Thingy's out as well, isn't he? Mine's gone blank. Winger. Traore. Traore. Traore had a COVID, positive COVID test, didn't he? Now, again, he's probably coming out of the quarantine, but he's done, you assume he's, he's not going to come straight back into the, straight into a team off the back of that. Um, and like you say, plenty of players out on international duty. This 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 is the time. It's a good time to play Wolves. Um, you know, we we got the better of them overall last season. Played well at Molyneux, um, got a point. Obviously, beat them in a close match at Bramall Lane. Um, I think it's a positive attitude we can take into it with with a team that'll be very similar to what we had out at that point last you know, at the end of last season. Yeah, I, I think to. The way I kind of, the way I've been thinking about that game, and to kind of round or sum up a little bit of what you, what you both just said, I don't think they will be at their best. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna, we're gonna have to be because if we're not, it'll be a really tough game. But if we're at our best, I think we'll beat them. Because yeah. I think they're gonna be, they're gonna be below par. There's Barry Glendening said something quite funny on the Guardian Football podcast. He's like, 
it's fair to say whoever loses this game will be in crisis. Like, <laughs> on the first game of the season, it'll be our top 10 last year. They've not got the squad for it. Everyone else has strengthened and they've lost the first game. Um, and I, like, like I said, the Darty one, some people um, have said that they completely and utterly like bamboozled by, but apparently it's all set up through Mendes because he's both Nuno and Mourinho's agent, he's Doherty's agent, and it's all... Because getting a player Matt Doherty's calibre for £15 million, uh, why is it business? That, that's, up there with, that's up there with signing of the summer. Aren't they supposed to be getting... Um, Maitland-Niles from Maitland Arsenal. Niles from Arsenal, yeah. yeah. But then but Arsenal's had a bit of a wobble on that, haven't they, I think? Well, he was brilliant in the um, charity shield. Yeah. He had a really... <laughs> Game, Maitland Niles. I think he's one who's, of them. Who's the Brazilian they've signed today? They've signed a Brazilian today, haven't they? Mar- Marcel, fullback. So right. I think um, you could see him. I, I don't think I think he plays on on Doherty's side, so maybe he's like the replacement. But like you say, for a small squad, they've made they've lost one. They've made two signings. It's not like they've gone and bulked that squad out. No, it's still a. It's going to be fundamentally, you'd assume, quite a, a small but tight group. Mm-hmm. And fair play to to Nuno. I, I, I think when we did the season review, I was saying I, I love him as a manager, love his approach, love what he's getting out of these group of players. They, they, like, well, they know their role, they perform it really well. and A talent, a very skilled, functional, but extremely skillful team. Um, but yeah, I, I, what do you think score-wise? Uh, I think one apiece. I think, it, I think we'll both... Both be both be finding our feet, and I think we'll, we'll possibly end up cancelling each other out in a, in a one-all draw, which is not the worst result in the world. Again, start the season with a point on the board. I don't think it's terrible. No. One, I, I reckon. I reckon it'll be two-two-two-one to United. It, it, there've been a few goals in it. I think. I've got a feeling we'll sneak it. I've got a feeling we'll sneak the game. One-nil, Sheffield United. Troy Deeney, ninety-five-fifth minute penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go two-one, and just for Phil. Billy Sharp, 90th, 91st minute, off the bench. Uh, it might be his only goal this season, but there we go. I, like will take, I will take that happily. Chris Bash at man of the match. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bash man of the match. Ampadu breaks his leg uh, so he doesn't get to uh, replace him. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Fucking hell. Say, Jesus, John. I don't want to go to the am you? He's had a bad day. He's, got, he's very dark from John tonight. No, I'm just saying that, like, I'm, I'm just doubling down on my prediction being wrong. Ampadu won't because he's, he's an absolute unit. One thing I've not mentioned about Ampadu, I was slightly disappointed to find out that he'd lost his dreadlocks. I would have been a lot more happy if we'd got a player with dreadlocks. I think that would have been fantastic. I think some Ampadu wigs and stuff would have really taken off. It's like when people with Rayford beards that time. Uh, on the on Ampadu, by the way, whoever's come up with that song to um, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue, is brilliant. I really hope that we get back into a ground while he's still at United and we can get that going at some point, because that would be perfect. We're doing it in the street in the middle of London Road instead, socially distant. Can <laughs> <laughs> you do that little dance move you just did again, please, Ian? Because that's made my day. Did I do one? I, 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 <laughs> I was, doing, I was doing the social distancing thing with my arms. I wasn't trying to dance. Looked like TikTok to me. You're making right, social media. He has got form. <laughs> Lads, it's been great to talk about United and we hope you what who've um, 
giving us an hour of your giving your ears an hour of our time or whatever way that round is. Uh, it's been great to talk about United. The season starts on Monday, or as Dan says uh, yesterday, if you're listening next Tuesday. Uh, we and we're we are we looking forward to it a bit more than we were an hour or so ago, lads? I am. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I am from talking yeah, to you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, slightly more, more enthused than I was before we started. So, yeah. And we'll be back after the Wolves game to talk about that. Look forward to the games which follow it, which I believe will be the Burnley Cup game and the following game. Because I've got some very wild predictions for the Villa game already. Or should I say fantasies of Matty Cash on goals and things like that. But anyway, it's been great to talk, Blades. And yeah, the season's upon us very quickly. It's going to be very weird. But we're all looking forward to it. And I hope you are too. So, up the Blades. Up the Blades. Up the Blades.